Hey friend, we just wanted to pop over and remind you of all of the freebies that we have on our website at hustlehumblypodcast.com slash resources. There are quite a few on there. They work for buyers and sellers, for your business, all different things you might need and all for free. Mm -hmm. Alyssa, which one is your favorite? My favorite freebie is the due diligence checklist. Oh, that's a good one and Mm -hmm. so impactful for your buyers. Mm -hmm. It's a great email template. It's a really good one. Uh, My favorite is probably staging checklist. Mm -hmm. I want my sellers to have those houses looking good. Yes, yes. So head over and see which ones you would like to download or get them all. Enjoy. Yeah. I mean, I'm really going to call last the last one a high on designation. I think you should. I'm going to. I, I just funny. I told Jay I to put it as a blooper. I think it's hilarious. Well, that's what I, I was trying to get a reaction out of you, but you were like, sure, that sounds great. <laughs> I should have been like, no, no, don't do that. That's inappropriate. That's inappropriate. <laughs> Hi, y'all. Welcome to Hustle Humbly. It's Alyssa and Katie, and we are two top producing realtors in the Baton Rouge market. We work for two different companies where we should be competitors, but we have chosen community over competition. The goal of our podcast is to encourage you to find your own way in business. So stop comparing yourself and start embracing your strengths. Hi, friend. Hello there. Hi. Hi, Hustle Humbly peeps. Here we We are. We're still quarantined. We're still Zooming. We're still Zooming. We're still Zoom recording in our closet or Mm -hmm. in my closet. You're in your office. Yeah, I get to be in the studio, so I'm I'm the winner here. Mm -hmm. That's all right. Well, I know that we have done episodes before on how we get our business as far as generic things like joining groups and this and that, but we have received a request where they want to know, yeah, a couple, where they want to know the specifics. Like, where did this come from? How, like, just because you join a group and you, like, how did you get the clients? Mm -hmm. Yep. So that is what this episode is going to be today. Um, Oh, and this is Alyssa, by the way. Hi, friend. It's Katie. And (laughs) and this episode is going to be number 38. Okay. It will air on April the 27th. Perfect. And we'll I don't still know what be the in quarantine at right. that time. For sure. And I don't know what to call it. I don't know. Hmm. I don't the know. Deets. The deets. <laughs> How you got that business. Yeah. Where did it come from? Where you, we'll where have where to you think on that, that title. Yeah. We're going to have to think about it. Um, so I think it'll be a lot of you know, specific stories on how we got each closing. I mean, we're not going to go through all of them, but. Oh my God, that would take way longer than 45 minutes, but they all have a story, right? So every single one has a story. We'll just pick a few. But it's also important to be tracking these things. So, you know, at the end of every year, I make a chart that shows where it all came from and you need to see how your business evolves because every year is different. Um, is it going in the direction you want it to go in? So wherever you keep track of your closings, you, you know, we have our, um, database Excel spreadsheet that we, um, offered for free in episode nine, but there is a a column on there for source. Where did this person come from? And that's just really important to be tracking. Yeah, I agree. Well, I think it's important to be tracking those. It was very easy for me today to go grab my chart. I'm going to show YouTube. Like I ran and grabbed my chart and it's all 13 years, all 14 years are on this one little stack of paper. And I could easily say, oh, I did X amount of this type of buyer, X amount of this type of seller. These came from Facebook. These, it was very simple, but people that's the one of the big important things is you got to know where the business came from or else how do you know what to keep doing? Right. I mean, mm-hmm. it's tracking is huge here. Very huge. Okay. All right. You want to start us with your first year? 
Okay. Once upon a time, <laughs> in 2012, I had my first closing. Little baby, 16-year-old faced Alyssa. Yes, I looked like a child, and I <laughs> was trying so hard. And I was probably scattered try- at this time, you know, in the beginning, and I think you have to, I was trying all the things. Anything. And I was getting rejected mm-hmm. on the daily. Um, <laughs> you were becoming very familiar with rejection. Very familiar. I was realizing what they meant by you have to be like mentally tough to get through this business. I cried in my broker's office three months in. Oh. Three months. Like that's nothing but yeah. three months yeah. of trying and no paycheck. And not only trying, but like your actual friends using other people mm -hmm. because they just don't think that you're ready. Um, And looking back, I mean, I don't blame them. You weren't ready. I I wasn't ready. You weren't ready. But I was trying to be ready. And the only way to be ready was to have people trust me. I know. So it's like, which comes first, the chicken or the egg? Catch 22. Um, So I was at a, we had gotten invited, me and my husband, to a Super Bowl party. Okay. We were dating. Okay. We weren't even married. I'm, yeah, I don't, I don't remember. We I don't were tr- new. Right now, I don't trust you. I know. You were married? <laughs> Maybe. We were, I couldn't remember if we were married yet, but we were very new. Okay. And one of his friends invited us to a Super Bowl party. Okay. And at that Super Bowl party, there was this girl. Okay. And she was talking to some other girls. I knew Nobody really at this party. Okay. But um, she told her friend that her rent was going up again. Ah, mm-hmm. And that she needed to find another rental. And my ears, my like radar was, yes. just went off. And so I butted in a little bit and said, have you thought about buying? Mm-hmm. And she said, she kind of laughed and she said, I'm a single mom. Oh, right. Um, I don't make a lot of money. Um, I, I don't have the funds to buy. I yeah. said, well, if you lived in, you know, Prairieville or Denham or somewhere like that, that you could probably qualify for rural development and you wouldn't have to have any money. Yeah. And she said, well, I actually work in Prairieville. Perfect. I said, well, it doesn't hurt to just find out. And then that way, you know, yeah. if, um, if it's even possible and if it's not possible, we'll put up a plan to where maybe you'll be ready in three years. Right. I like it. Or two years or six months or however long. Low pressure. She got my number. Okay. And actually texted me the next day. I like it. And I gave her a lender. Okay. And she got with the lender. Mm-hmm. And she was pre-approved for $105,000. Okay. And it made her monthly note like 600 something a month. Was that less than her rent? Oh, her rent was like twelve hundred. So it was like life changing less. Yeah, like she was renting like a two bedroom house for twelve hundred bucks, which wow. is pretty you know typical for our market. But even yeah. going RD, putting down nothing, mm-hmm. and she was mind blown. <laughs> like and mind blown that she qualified. Oh. Like I don't know what she was so scared of. She yeah. just assumed like I can't do this. She didn't know. Yeah. And so we started house hunting and obviously had to do some digging because of the budget. And we found the freaking cutest house and it was perfect. And the neighbors were perfect. And that is where she lived for many years. I love it. And I, it's just my favorite because it's like, you don't know where things are going to come from. No. Did you sell that house for her later? So 
she and I are, are friends. And I was right. at her housewarming party. And I, I did this. I did that. I was waiting for the day that oh, she wait. was going to move. You, you recently told me this story. Yes. This was like, I'm still bleeding from it. Oh. I'm still crying about it. Ma'am. But um, I... I reach out to I reach out to her all the time. Yeah. And like we have all the same friends and I was just honestly excited about doing a social media post about this was my first client ever yeah. and now she's number 900 right. and whatever you know like I, I yeah. thought it would be cool to see it come mm-hmm. full circle. Well then I got my little heart broken <laughs> because I Stop. I reached out to her like I always do and said, right. hey, I just wanted to see because I, I knew she was engaged okay. and I knew they were going to need something bigger. So mm-hmm. I was on the radar. Yeah. And um, she just said, you are going to kill me. And I said, well, what's the matter? And she was like, my mom, who's very involved in her life and demanded that I use her friend. Oh, no. And, you know, the first thing I did was I looked at the house and it looked awful oh no the pictures were iphone pictures i guess she thought because it wasn't you know a two hundred thousand dollar house it wasn't worth it professional photography Mm -mm. and i saw what it sold for and i think it sold for less than it should have way less than it should have the house was so adorable that if it would have been presented as adorable yeah but um that also just goes to show that (laughs) i followed up with her for like six seven eight years Yeah. And I lost her. You did what you were supposed to do. And I'm actually at peace about the loss because I know that I did do what I was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. I still have her in my database. Mm-hmm. You know, she's still a friend. Yeah. Things happen. Everybody knows somebody. Right. Now, now I would be kicking myself if I had not followed up and saw that she moved. Yeah. yeah. I would be handling it a totally lot different. worse. Because then you would feel like you should blame yourself. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, and I'm not going to lie. My feelings were hurt. I was sad. I was disappointed because I was just excited because I like her so much. Yeah. She's really fun to work with. Yeah. But and she didn't, didn't play out, you know? And she, she did not choose you. She just chose someone else. She chose someone. Right. It wasn't because of me. It yeah. was because of, you know, what her mom yeah. was suggesting and it was her mom's friend yeah. and yada, yada. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. You know, things happen, okay. and I think it's fine to leave that if we're going to be honest on this podcast. We're pretty transparent. I don't really – I mean, typically we don't edit out anything we say. Yeah. It's, it's up funny to that you. you asked that question, though, because I was telling my warm, fluffy story, and then you're like, did she list with you later? Yeah. I'm like, no, but hey, guess what? Let, let's hear the – yes, let's hear more. <laughs> I'm so scared. My second closing okay. was from phone duty. Okay. And this girl called and I was on the phones and we met and she needed to buy her first house. Okay. She was renting and I was her agent. And a few years later, she got engaged and I sold the house Mm -hmm. and they bought. So phone duty led to three transactions and she has sent me like two referrals Mm -hmm. during that time. So all because I was on the phones at the right time that day, I got three, four, five transactions. Can we talk about phone duty a little? Because I don't know if we've talked about it in other episodes and I'd love for you to explain how your office runs it. Because when I ran my numbers, there are quite a few transactions that I have gotten through phone well, I'm going to do my air quotes, phone duty, because I've never mm-hmm. been in an office that ran it the way yours does. So tell okay. us about phone duty. So phone duty at our office is in shifts. 
and it's from like nine to 11, 11 to one, one to three, three to five. And then whoever has the last shift at five, the phones are forwarded to you until the next person gets oh. there at 9 a.m. Okay. They do ask you to be in the office okay. because if you ever have a walk-in, um, walk-ins have kind of become a thing of the past, but they, we had like two or three this year where wow. somebody just walks into a real estate office and wow. it's like, Hey, I need a realtor. I mean, I wouldn't think to do that, but I guess that's what some people think to do. Um, And so this is where when people call the office number, so like if they're driving by a house and see a sign and they don't call the cell phone number of the agent, they just call the office number, it goes to you. Mm -hmm. And they say, hey, I was looking at this house. And at that point, it is just up to you to convert. Yeah. And I lived on phone duty. I mean, my first couple years of real estate, I didn't have Haven. I wasn't married. I was just, I lived at the office. Were you required to do a certain number of phone duties or you just, you try to get as many as you could? Um, you sign up to be on phone duty Okay. and then they release the monthly schedule Okay. and you may have one or two shifts a week. Okay. So it's not a huge commitment. Right. But people are always like swapping, like you're, if you can't make your shift, you're responsible for finding somebody else or you could call people and say, Hey, I see you have phone duty Friday. If you don't want to come, I'll be here. Oh, okay. That's good. And sometimes people are like, yes, please. I don't feel like I don't want to do it. Like I thought I wanted to do it and then I didn't want to do it. Yeah. But, but what I would do is I would just bring all my stuff to do at like work you know, Mm -hmm. writing letters, cleaning out my database. And if the phone rang, it was a bonus. And if it never rang, then you're just working. Yeah. And then after I had Haven, it was harder for me to make my shifts because there's weekend shifts too. And the weekend shifts are three hours. Oh, okay. So like nine to 12, 12 to three, three to six, and then you go home and if you had stuff on the weekend and, you know, I felt like I was always trying to find someone to take my shift and then I got busy with yeah. just referrals mm-hmm. and so I let it go. Yeah. But I think it is, there are so many success stories in our office from phone from duty. Phone, yeah, phone duty. And it's funny because when I was first starting, I didn't know what to say all the time <laughs> right. and I would, I would mess up and yeah. like, then I'd hang up and say, well, there, that went bad. Yeah. But I learned where I froze, what made me freeze, what made me panic, when did I say the wrong thing or not have the right answer. And, and then it just got to where I never froze. Yeah. Yeah. Like I always knew what to say, how to handle it, how to keep the conversation going. Okay. That's a good point. Do you feel like, obviously it's a skill you developed over time. Do you feel Mm -hmm. like you could also pick up the phone now and know who's not going to ever warm up? Like, yes. Okay, because I feel like yes. there are some that I hang up with, and I'm like, I could have tried harder, but they weren't they weren't interested in warming They're up not. to me. No, no, and I think that that comes with time. Yeah, you know, you just you know, and yeah. also, I mean, when I was in those first years, uh, these poor people that called while I was on phone duty because they got like <laughs> the four year follow up. Oh man, I followed up with these people for years. I love it. Until they were like, go away or use me or something like, like Fine. that. Fine, you can be our realtor, you crazy yeah, lady. But it's all oh, I, I love had. It. Yeah. It's all I had. And I just felt like that's what I had to do to sleep at night to know that I tried. Do you know your percentage from the first year that was phone duty or like how many there were? Let I'm going to tell you mine while you're looking for yours. Okay. So what I did for today's episode is I looked back to year one. So that was for me, 2006 was my first full year. I got my license in 2005. I didn't sell until, you know, it took six months. So it was in 2006 when I had my first close. 
So I okay. jotted down the sources of my business in 2006 versus the sources of my business last year, which was 2019 was the you know, last full year. Okay. And I had five phone duty closings in 2006 in my first year. And we, so I started in a bigger office that didn't last very long and they ran phone duty like this. You would walk into the office in the morning and write your name on a piece of paper and then they would cycle through who was there. So as the calls okay. came in, so if you got there early, it was sort of an early bird gets the worm, I guess, but I never really did that. Then when I moved to the very small office, it was right after Katrina and the phones were ringing. I mean, they just mm. were, but there were only five agents in the office. I had no experience, but I was committed to just going in the office every day. And so a lot of times there would be no one else in the office to even take the call. So I mm. I just sat on phone duty. So I closed five, five deals. That was 31% of my business the very first year. Last year. Oh my gosh. But wait, listen to how ironic. Last year, guess how many deals I closed off of the phone. So, but I don't go to do the office and do a phone duty. It's just off like of sign one. calls. Right. Like a sign call. Five. What? Same number. Five my first year, five last year. But five last year is only 16% of my business. So right, it's right. half as much as it was percentage-wise, but it's the same number. How crazy that is, is that? funny. Weird. So my first year of real estate, 35% of my closings came from the phone. That's really close to mine. I know. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. And that was six. Six deals came from the phones well, my first year of real estate. Okay, because here's the thing. If someone is calling you on the phone, especially to a real estate office and not just your cell phone, they don't have another agent or else they would right. have just called them. So they, right. as long as you ask the right questions and make some sort of connection, that's easy to like to get through. And you can burn through a bunch of phone calls and learn and then, you know, catch a good, you caught six, I caught five. I mean, that's pretty good for the first year. Uh, I think I that's mean, I'll funny. tell you, if my pipeline dried up and I saw a bleak future, phone duty would be the first thing that I got back on. Straight back to the phone. Yeah. I would go straight back to just sitting there yep. working. Maybe it rings, maybe it doesn't, yep. but every little bit helps. So well, I think the other thing too is, and I know some people are probably listening and thinking my office doesn't have a phone duty. We don't even have an office number. I mean, that mm -hmm. exists now. If you have listings or if you have yourself out on the internet in any way, you're going to get calls to your cell phone. You better answer those. Right. And you better and follow up with them. Yeah. You better answer them and you better talk to these people and you better not avoid the talking part of using the phone. Some people want to talk to you. They don't want to text you. They don't want to email you. And if you don't answer, especially if you're an agent that takes like a Zillow lead or that type of thing, if you don't answer, they'll just move on to the next one. Yeah. And it's absolutely. just that simple. Just answer the phone. So um, recently, well, I guess not that recently, but there was a call that came in on phone duty to an agent. Okay. And so that agent talked to the person, asked all the right questions, said, I'll meet you at the property. Okay. Well, the listing agent was required to be there. Okay. For the showing. Okay. Well, the listing agent was like, wait a minute. I think that they called them. Came, I think that they came through my website and I just haven't gotten back to them yet and tried to steal, steal them, steal them. And it's like, guess what? You snooze, you lose. And they yeah. called someone else. Yeah. So, you know, that's oh my just word. how that's, it goes. That's crazy. Okay. Um, You're going to do the rest of your first year or a couple more. Um, let me see what I got. Yeah. You don't have to, if you want to, I will tell you how my breakdown was the first year. 
Okay. Three referrals. So, I mean, okay. just people who I knew in my sphere that referred me to someone, that was 19%. Phones were 31%, five deals, personal. So people who knew me, like my sister-in-law and like that type of mm-hmm. thing. Uh, four deals, that was 25%. And then I did start buying online leads from justlisted.com was what it was then. I think now it's market leader. I don't even know if it still exists. It was before Zillow existed for sure. And I mm-hmm. closed four deals off of that. So 25% of my business year one was from online leads. So wow. sh- strangers on the interwebs, 2006. Yeah. Yeah. So I went back my first year to my friends from high school. Yeah. And I asked for all of their parents' addresses. Okay. And I hand wrote letters to all the parents. Wow. And I said, just want to let you know, I'm in real estate now. It's going really well. I'm with this company. It's a great company. Really sold it on the company because I have no numbers myself. Yeah, fair. I had two closing, three closings from those letters wow. in my first year. And that three was easy. Parent, so easy and wow. fun. Aww. And then they were like proud of me. Yeah. And, and they repeated with me and referred me to their friends. Well, they wanted you to succeed. Yeah. Oh, I love yeah. it. So one of them, um, I sold a house that they had bought for investment property. Okay. And then they were like, well, you know, my son's looking to buy a house that you went to high school with. Great. And um, so I sold him a house mm-hmm. and yeah, it's just easy. Amazing. I like that. Okay. Any, any other stories from year one we want to do or just Move on. I listed my grandparents' house in my first year. <laughs> Thank God, because that would have really been a knife in the in the back. And look, my grandfather, this grandfather, is um, business all the <gasps> way. Oh wow! And interviewed me. Oh wow! And I was shaking, and I have a great relationship with him, but yeah. I was very scared to be in this position oh, with him. Wow! And he used to build a few houses, like not he wasn't like a you know huge yeah. builder, but yeah. he did a few, and he had a, he had an agent. That was his agent. That he always used. That he always used. And it was hard for him to leave her. Oh, God. And he told me, I'll give you six months. And if it doesn't sell, I'm going back to my other agent. You got it sold. I did get it sold. Thank goodness. Yep. That would have been a tough failure. (laughs) I was so scared. (laughs) That's so funny. Uh, Okay, let's talk. Okay, the rest came from open house my first year. There you go. Open house. All the rest. Yeah. All the rest? A lot. Wow. Okay. Things that you can do, free, easy. Um, Open house. I have open house on mine too. Uh, I want to talk about how your business has shifted over the years. So in the beginning, Mm -hmm. was it all buyers? There's a handful of listings? Just a handful of listings. I think Um, in the very beginning, I had four listings that year and 16 transactions. So it was super mm -hmm. heavy on the buyers. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's pretty common for the first few years. In fact, you couldn't have paid me to take up more than those listings because I was scared. I didn't know what to do. Yeah. And then as it got further along and my confidence grew, I started to see the beauty that was the listing. Mm-hmm. All those business hours appointments. 2019 uh-huh. was my first year. No, I'm sorry. 2018 was my first year that I had more, more. listings than buyers. Okay. And I went, oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. That's a big deal. And I think that happens around five to seven years in. Mm-hmm. I really think that's when the shift is, happens because you start selling the early people that you were the buyer's agent on mm-hmm. and you you just are more confident. So when someone calls for a listing, you're not 
afraid and you have the answers, you know what you're doing. Right. Okay. I like that. This is interesting to put repeat clients into perspective. In 2016, I had 13 repeat clients. Wow. In 2017, I had 23. Holy smokes. In 2018, I had 26. Every year it's going to get higher and higher. And in 2018, that, that was my first year, I had 40 sellers and 36 buyers. Okay. So by four sellers, I, I passed up my buyers. Okay. That's very interesting. I had past clients in last year, so year 13, eight, 27% of my business last year was past clients. I mean, that's what's going to happen if you do a good job and you keep in touch with them. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's going to come naturally. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's talk about the other. So in my first year, it was only referral, phone, personal, online lead. That's it. Last year, website lead, referral, phone, still same number, remember, personal. So people who I was personally in my sphere, Mm -hmm. social media, and then past clients. Yeah. Yeah. Hello, friends. Hi, y'all. Our template course has launched. It's out there. And we have been getting some really positive feedback. Yes. I have some great feedback I wanted to share with you guys. Um, We had one purchaser say, thank you for these templates. As a new agent, I feel it would have taken me years to create these on my own. That's awesome. I know. It's so great. And then I had, these are so incredibly helpful. What a great investment. Thank you for your time and efforts putting these together. I think that... You guys, this is the answer to saving yourself some time. It it helps you put systems in place. It keeps you professional. It keeps you consistent. It just makes everything run so much smoother. So much smoother. You're never going to forget to tell somebody something. No, because it's all there. It's all there. And you're going to edit it to make it sound like your voice if you'd like. And it's going to be perfect for your business. Yeah. So go check out our template course. Yes. At hustlehumblypodcast.com. Perfect. Enjoy. Enjoy. Bye. Because I think people wanted to know what exactly, like, tell me exactly where your business comes from. Will you tell me or do you want to share about um, Dave Ramsey? Uh, Sure. So when me and Tanner got married, we did the Financial Peace University class that Dave Ramsey has. It's a seven or eight week class where you go once a week and learn how to budget, learn how to merge finances and, you know, figure all that out. And they talk about real estate. They have a whole week dedicated to buying a house and this and that. And I was a realtor. And they said, um, Dave Ramsey does have endorsed realtors. And so I applied and I got rejected. (laughs) I got rejected for three years. Wow. I I applied um, every year for three years. And this is when I was newer. So they ask, how much do you sell? They don't really love teams. Yeah. Um, he will let teams on, but if he finds out that the person, the team leader is not the one talking to his people, you're out. You're out. Okay. Um, but he just, they interview you and you go through this whole process and I just never got chosen. Yeah. And then the fourth year, uh, they messaged me oh. and said, Hey, we are cleaning house and evaluating numbers. And we know you've applied a couple of times. Um, Do you want to, will you send us an updated 
uh, resume. Yeah. So I did and I went through the interview and I got it and I went through the training and I did all that. And that is really the only thing that I get leads from right now. Like that's my, yeah, that's the only type of internet lead yeah. um, I've ever really gotten. And it's a lot of freaking work. Yeah. Do you um, pay to do, to belong or that's just a, it's a percent. If you close one, okay, they take a percentage. Okay. Um, but they provide a lot. Like they do a lot of training and they do mastermind calls and it's really good content. It is hard for me sometimes. And I've talked to like my Dave Ramsey coach person about this. I'm like, it's this business is so hard for me Yeah, because it takes so much time and effort. And this goes for any internet lead. Yeah. Oh yeah. In any internet lead you, I mean, they're, they want you to call like 20 times in the first month and and text and email. And like, I'm at the point in my business where like, if somebody wants to work with me, yeah, I want to work with them. Yeah. I will follow up and I do follow up, but not every day and not times a hundred people. Right. Oh, wow. It is an area that I feel like keeps me on my toes. Yeah. And I do like that because it reminds me how I operated in my first three yeah. years yeah. when I, this is what I did. Like yeah. if you ever called phone duty, I wrote your number down yeah. and had notes and I called you all the time. Yeah. Um, but I do well, mm-hmm. I do. Um, I think my success rate is 12%. I close 12%. So if I get a hundred, I close 12. Right. Um, that's pretty good for an, a stranger lead, like an online lead. The yeah. percentage is typically yeah. five. I'm going to repeat yeah. that for the other people out there. A typical online lead percentage of turn is 5%. So mm-hmm. you're going to get five closings out of 100 leads. But you know what's funny is that I wasn't doing well at first. Okay. Like I was not winning the lead. And it shows you who you're going against because okay. one lead goes to three people. Three different agents. Three different agents that are all Dave Ramsey agents. Yeah. And I, you have to be the first to call. Okay. And you don't, I mean, that you get bonus points, if you will. But they, they tell you like, Hey, you lost this many, this many went to this. And it really like, you know, my Enneagram three is like, Oh oh my gosh, I lost. I can't lose. Um, It keeps me on my toes. But I was like, I realized a couple of things. If you don't call first, you are basically out. Yep. Like they are not going to use you if, if somebody else talked to them first. Yep. Um, even if you're better than that person, yeah, they're just not going to use you. And they, like, I have had people in my system that I followed up with and four years later closed them. Yeah. That's how an online lead, that's so funny because the online lead is two complete extremes. They're either, they need you right now, like literally right now to go show yeah. the house, or they might use you in five years. Like yeah. it's not, it's not like six months away. It's not, yeah. it's like really one extreme or the other. Right. Because people start their search online. So they're, they could be really at the super beginning of even thinking about it. Mm-hmm. And there have been times where I've thought about if, if it's something I want to continue. Yeah. And even though my business would be fine without it, I feel like the reason I stay is because of the accountability that. Yeah. The, this is the only area of my business that requires me to be on my toes with follow-up that much. Yeah. And I feel like I need that yeah. to keep me sharp. That's it good. keeps me competing, yeah. you know? It's a good function, but because you, you don't want to fall down on the job. Um, no. I, well, while we're on it, and since that's the only lead that you're really getting, like a online type lead, I I did 
Y'all can all shoot me an ugly email if you want. I, I did pay for Zillow for a minute. It was probably like a year and that was in 2016, 2015 okay. and 2016. And only because I think they caught me, like and they call you a million times. They caught me in like a nice mood where I was like, oh, sweet Zillow man. All right, I'll give you my $500 a month, which is completely <gasps> asinine. It's oh asinine. Oh my God. Um, and I closed... I think off of those two leads, maybe the return was no good. I I did it for about a year. Now I want to back, back, back it up. So Zillow leads, I'm not okay with them. I don't think they were useful to anyone in any way. Take your $500 and place a Facebook ad if you want. I don't know, but don't, don't spend it there. Do something else. Do something else. Send out a mailer to all of your database. Like just use that money elsewhere. Um, I did get online leads in the very beginning of my career, but y'all, that was 2006. It was totally different. It wasn't even like they ran television commercials to get these leads. They ran television commercials on like CNN and ESPN and all the like cable network channels to get people to go to the website to then become a lead where they would sell it to me. And they were like, $20 $20 a lead and I would get like a hundred a month for like less than 200 bucks because no one else was getting them. Right. So instead of being like Zillow, like some people are paying thousands of dollars a month for Zillow leads. It was Imagine not, what you could do with that money. I, exactly. It just blows my mind. So I'm, I'm not against an online lead. They're just tough. They're not loyal. They don't know you and it's dangerous. You don't know them. They don't, no one has vetted them for you. They're just strangers on the internet. It goes back to what kind of business do you want? Yeah. Is that the kind that you want? Like, do you not know anybody here and this is your only option? Yeah. Because imagine if you took $500 a month. And gave it away. Yeah. In the form of coffee dates, sending coffee dates um, lunches, sending families dinners that yeah. are struggling, having your lawn guy go cut grass oh, um, yeah. at somebody's house just to surprise them. $500 a month would do so much yep. for other people. Yeah. And that was a low end buy-in. I mean, some that's not, it gets higher every day. Zillow charges wow. more and more and more. Um, I don't know what any of the other online lead services are anymore. I haven't reached them. I don't know. Some agents are very successful with it. It just isn't what we do. So we're not going to sit here and focus on it. It just was something I have done to get business. Um, right. Some of my website, I, I have gotten some business off of there and that's, you know, I built lots of SEO pages, which we're not going to go into, but like neighborhood specific pages where someone Googled you know, whatever neighborhood, they might come to my website and then sign up to get more information. Um, Obviously, we both now work mostly referral and past client. Yes. Um, The phone, we've talked about this. I think we both still are getting business off the phone, though. Even if it's not phone duty style, you got to answer. If you're taking, oh, yeah, you're taking listings, sign calls. Yes. People just coming through on the internet. I saw this house for sale. Mm -hmm. But okay, so people are like, okay, well, you say do open houses, you know, Okay, how does how did you actually get a client from like from that? Do you have an example from a su- a success story yeah. from one that you can tell me? They walked in the door and what happened? I'm going to give you an example and you're going to die because it's a long-term example. Um when we built the house that we're currently in, um Jay was a contractor at the time and we put it on the parade of homes, which is like a open house on steroids, right? Cuz there are people like hundreds of people come through the house over the course of two weekends. 
Well, the whole point is to talk to, it's just like a regular open house, talk to people, make connections. Well, we had like little, you know, questionnaires they could fill out. What did they like about the house? What didn't they like? Whatever. Just basically sign-ins. They were questionnaire form sign-ins. And so I talked to all these people. I remember talking to this one particular couple. They were very sweet. I had listings, land listings in the neighborhood where they were building, where they had already bought a lot. So we talked about that for a while. Um, and then they even approached Jay to potentially build their house, but it was very tough to get approved in their neighborhood, blah, 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 blah. But over a year later, I found those little sheets of paper that were the sign-ins that had their emails and who they were and whatever I had jotted down about them. Um, and so I reached out and I said, Hey, did you guys ever build what happened? They're like, actually, we are just now breaking ground. It's going, um, would you like to come and sell our house? (gasps) Yeah. Wow. They, I, sure. I went and I sold their house. And then here's where I'm going to take the story further. They were delightful. Some of my favorite clients ever. I got a sign call off of that listing. And the sign call off of that listing was a fella that lived in Prairieville. And he said, you know, he had some questions about the house. And he said, I knew obviously where the house, he's calling about my listing. So he said, you know, I want to get my kids on the bus route. And I knew because I'm familiar with the area. I said, oh, do your kids go to Most Blessed Sacrament? Because he was talking about Catholic school. And he was like, yeah, like he was impressed that I knew what school belonged, like what I, that I knew about. Right, and he was right. like, yeah. And so then we just started talking and I'm like, yeah, being on the bus route, blah, blah, blah. He's like, hey, will you show me the house? And then there was one around the corner. So I went and showed him like the houses that were available in the neighborhood of my listing. He did not buy my listing. He bought the house around the corner and then I sold his house. So technically that one open house contact then became a phone call lead and then was two transactions from that. Isn't that crazy? It's it's crazy, but that's exactly how it works. So I had an open house several years ago. I was newer and I still do open houses. Um, not right now because we're quarantined, right. but before this and this couple, this older couple came through and they were just chatty. Mm-hmm. You know, we just talked and talked and talked and talked. And when they left, I gave them my business card and I said, well, if you ever need anything, you know, I'd love to work with you. They emailed me the next day and formally asked me to be their realtor. Oh, I, love it. I was like, Oh my gosh, yes. this is great. And so I went to their house. I, they needed me to sell their house and they wanted to buy. And this family just like adopted me. Aww. Okay. So I sold their house okay. and then they bought one with me. Okay. And then I sold their son a house. Okay. And I can remember being a little jealous because they had a daughter who was in the process of buying a house, but using a different agent. And I was like, I wanted the whole family. I needed them all. Yes. Okay. So I sold three. three. Their house, the house they bought, the son bought a house. Then they referred the son's friend to me. So that's four. Mm -hmm. Then last year, so like five years later, the daughter is moving (gasps) because... The house they were in was just too small. Uh-huh. Calls me and I listed it. So that makes five. five. And then the, I sold two more <gasps> to people they referred me to. So from that open house, I got seven. Uh-huh. I spent zero dollars. Uh-huh. All it took was for me to keep the relationship mm-hmm. with them, let them know I care about them. I send them a Christmas card. Yep. I write them 
letters. I check in with them. Uh-huh. It's not hard no. work. No. But it keeps me at the top of their mind. Well, and you guys made a connection. So there's always yeah. going to be those people that when you make a connection, um, I had a referral. This is a great story. I had a referral from a past client. And the I'm going to look her up and figure out what her, my the original way she came to me was. But I had this referral. And she called me on the phone. She said, you sold my friend so-and-so a house. I would like to interview you to be my buyer's agent. It was my first time ever being like, I was like, okay, sure. I mean, I'm happy to answer your questions and be interviewed. Well, apparently I passed the interview. Great. She, so she came, it was a referral. One, two sisters, the sister's friend, one of the other sister's friends. I'm currently showing another of the sister's friends. So it was like seven transactions off of one. Oh my god! And I got in her original way. She came in the very first lead, online lead, wow. way back in two thousand nine. And in fact, online lead November of two thousand eight that didn't close until April of two thousand nine. Because wow. I keep track of when they came in and then when they closed. That's awesome. So I, I, but the point is, you made a connection with those people. I just made a connection with that that first referral that interviewed me and she loved me so much. She would not let anyone she knew use anybody else. Like it would be devastating to her if, <laughs> if they didn't use me. Yeah. It's just crazy. Awesome. So you have to have so, good relationships. Yeah. It's all about the relationships. Have I told you the story about Tanner's old partner at work? I don't think so. Tell, so tell us all. <laughs> so my husband Tanner's in law enforcement and, um, we joke that I have to, he has to send me referrals. Like I have to be the law enforcement realtor. Love it. And his partner, uh, female and love, love her. She's like amazing. She's hilarious, rough around the edges, soft inside. I just love her. Um, like she does everything she can to keep her hair purple. And my cousin does her hair and they do. Yeah. It's just fun. So I get this call from this lady and she's like, um, Hey, Alyssa, (laughs) I, I, (laughs) I, I need you to come sell my house. And I'm like, is it a secret? Yeah. Okay. And she's like, can you come now? I'm like, um, okay, well, you know, where do you live and this and that? And, and she's like rushing through telling me the details. And she's like, I'm like, and I can't come today, but I could come tomorrow. She lived like 45 minutes away. Okay. So I'm like, I can come tomorrow. And she's like, okay. Um, so like when you come, can you bring your sign and put it in my yard? (laughs) Okay. I'm like, are you in like in trouble? Are you in a big hurry? And she's like, well, uh, I just, my neighbor is so-and-so and it's the female. That was my husband's ex-partner. Okay. And, and she like was, I told her I was thinking about moving and she just got kind of aggressive and was like, you have to use Alyssa. If you don't, let me tell you. Yeah. I'm, you have to use Alyssa. Let me tell you about Alyssa. Oh and just like God. sold me. Sold me. Oh and so no, this, that's this, hilarious. This, this poor timid woman was like, terrified. She's like, I need you to be here right now. Yeah. And she's like, I need her to know that I'm going to use you. I promise I'm going to use you. Oh my God. <laughs> that is so amazing. I was like, Listen here, I will text her right now and told her that you called me okay. and that I'm coming over tomorrow. And she's like, okay, thank you. <laughs> oh, that's so good. I was like, Tanner, is your partner like threatening people? Right, right. How serious is this? These are good referrals. <laughs> it was, but it was just, it's just oh funny. Oh my God. Oh, you never no. know. Like, and if I get a random call, my first question is, do you mind me asking who, 
referred you to me. Always. I have got to know where you came from. Wait. And you need to give credit where credit's due. Agree. So I agree. That's always my first question too. Why, why Why did you call me? I posted a social media, like a video in my, I think it was my first or second or third IGTV. It was about staging. I posted it in the morning. The next morning, I received a text message from a lady who I did not know who said, hey, I, um, are you taking new clients? You know, those are my favorite when they're like, you're in high demand. And I'm like, yes, yes I am taking new clients. And she said, okay, great. And I'm like, can I call you? Cause I'm like, I don't even know who you are. So I call her and I'm like, Hey, can you tell me where you found me? And she says, well, I found you on the internet, something about staging. I'm like, I know 100% in my heart. That it was that video about staging yeah. and she, and she was lovely and delightful. And I got two transactions off of that. And that was from seriously like a social media post. But it was just so funny because you have to ask where they came from. If you don't ask where they came from, how are you going to know to replicate your behavior that got you that lead? When I have open houses, I ask, did you see this in the paper? Mm -hmm. Did you see it? Like, I just like to know always like where people came from. Well, if realtors love to spend money on advertising and they don't always track it. (laughs) Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like what how do you know I stopped doing advertising in the newspaper for open houses when I would ask everyone yeah. that came and no one said they saw it in the no paper I'm like it. that's just throwing $40 literally in the trash Every so time. If, I'll just then I started spending the $40 on a Facebook ad I mean like y'all you have to actually ask people where they came from okay I have one more story okay, let's hear it it's a good one I wrote down oh, so when I was getting my real estate license I was bartending mm-hmm. And waiting tables and whatnot. And so as it was approaching time to leave that industry, I wanted to make sure that everybody that I worked with knew why I was leaving, knew where I was going. They all had my business card. And um, I made sure I was friends with everybody on Facebook so we could easily communicate. Yeah. So this one girl um, called me and was like, hey, Alyssa, uh, I worked with you when we bartended. And we weren't like super, super close when we bartended, Mm -hmm. which is another thing that surprised me. But I made friends. We were friends. Sure, we were friends on Facebook. Mm-hmm. So she said, I'm, I want to buy my first house. And I said, that's fine. And so we started looking at houses. And when we found the one, she had her fiance's, no, I'm sorry, her boyfriend's dad, okay. who is now they're married. But at the time, they were just dating. But her boyfriend's dad came and was like, oh, we can fix this. We can paint it. Like, she just wanted his opinion. Okay. And so at the closing table, I asked her for his address. Okay. And I wrote him a letter and I said, Hey, I just want to thank you for coming to see the house. I know it meant a lot to her to have your opinion. And so I just wanted to say, thank you. If you ever need anything, don't hesitate to call. He also lived in Mandeville. So I thought this probably isn't going to turn into anything, but this is what I do. Anybody that comes to the house to help the buyer, they're going to hear from me after. And he, I have done six transactions with him because he is an investor. Shut up. So he buys in Mandeville, Baton Rouge, Hammond, um, Ponchatoula, and buys like little houses, mm-hmm. fixes them up incredibly. And then his son uh, started getting into it also. Okay. And I am his son's realtor Love now. It. And, and they do the same thing. Love it. And I'm like, what if I would have never written that letter? Then you would never have had that business. Never had never. that business. How much ever. did that letter cost you? 45 cents? Yeah, to mail. Mail. 
a stamp, mm-hmm. y'all, a stamp. Um, I want to mention something else uh, that I have in my notes. Well, first of all, I think we talked about social media a little bit, and that's one of my ways. The one method that I have on my list that I haven't mentioned yet is I went through a phase. I, I'm going to be honest. I don't do it anymore, um, but not because it wasn't effective. I sent a four part postcard series to all of my listings. So when I took the listing, I would have a just listed postcard. It went to the hundred nearest addresses. When it went under contract, there was a postcard that went to the same people. When it sold, the postcard went again. And then the fourth one would be 30 days after the sale, a need more inventory. Okay. Mm. Four part postcard series to the same hundred addresses. That's I did that in 2016 and 2017. I closed four transactions off of postcards for a total of $22,000 in commission, and the postcards cost me $3,500. They were not, it's not cheap to do that kind of a mailer, but no. And I did them to a lot of listings, and I didn't write down how many listings it was, but I guess we could do the math. Um, but so it was a 628% return on investment. Oh my gosh. So is it just the time got away from you and that's why you don't It was anymore? when I still I'm not I'm, it was when I still had an assistant so she could oh, okay. she could crank out all the postcards and yeah. honestly if I made it a priority now I I could but I also had a couple of those that I didn't love the people. Sure. Like so now I would probably do them if I started again I would pick the neighborhoods that I really wanted to yes. spend more time in. Um, when you get a listing in a good neighborhood yeah. that you want to work. Yeah. If you wanted to really be farming a location, then I would probably do them more. Um, That's fair though. And you saying that reminds me that whenever you are mass marketing, whether that's a billboard or a mass mail out, I mean, you're inviting anybody, anybody to contact you. I know. And they don't have any loyalty or any, they haven't vetted you any more than you vetted them. So they don't, yeah. they like, you've got to, you're going to have to work really you're hard. You're going to work harder. You're going to wait, work way harder. But if you're new or slow, do that, do it, do that. <laughs> like work hard. Yeah. You know, um, the last thing I want to say is about listings. I, my philosophy on listings is always this. I know people get kind of fussy and sometimes they turn down listings because they're not good. I'm doing my air quotes podcast. They're not good listings. Um, my goal was always on a listing to to do at least one transaction off of that listing. And it didn't matter if the transaction was actually selling that house or if it was getting a phone call that turned into a buyer or another seller Mm. or an open house that turned into a buyer or another seller. But some activity that came out of me having that listing or a series of postcards or whatever it was, but it was something that I only was able to do because I had that listing. And whether or not that listing sold, I made money because of that listing. Right. And it that always works. And I have the same philosophy about rentals. I only take rental listings as a favor to like investor clients or friends or people who it's not a big part of my business, but I always mm-hmm. try to turn at least one rental lead into a buyer. Yeah. And you can, because a lot of those people, because rent, especially in our market is very high and mm-hmm. they don't realize that their mortgage is going to be less. Right. So it's pretty easy to turn a renter into a buyer here as long as they have, you know, the right financials and credit score and all that jazz. But you, you yeah. got to have decent financials and credit score to get into friggin' re- rental. And I feel like especially taking rentals, it makes you practice having that conversation to For where sure. you get to the point. Because like the first time you fumble and you're like, 
well, have you thought about getting pre-approved or meeting with a finance person? And they're like, well, that went horrible. And then you just get more comfortable with the conversation until you find what people respond well to. And so it's just all about practice. Yep. Reminiscing on these early closings, though. You like that? I do. Like, it was so simple back. I mean, it was harder back then, but I was trying to manage, like, three pendings or two pendings. And, like, life was so simple. The work was simpler. The good news is that as the time goes on in your career, it's like you're on – we've talked about this before. You're on the train. The leads are going to keep coming. You're not going to have to work as hard for the leads, but you're going to have to work harder because you're going to have more – volume to contend with. I mean, you're going to reach your goal of making more money, of making, of having more transactions, but that also means you've got to do more work. You've got to be on top of it. So it is interesting. Um, It is fun to reminisce and look back at them. We could do another episode on this because there are stories for days. I mean, every single... I know. We could go through every transaction. We have 700 stories. Exactly. And they're all different. (laughs) And they're all... I mean, it's just... And sometimes you just can't even imagine. But make sure... This is what I would love for everyone to take away from this. Record where your business came from. Just Mm -hmm. start there. When you get the first phone call or the first meeting, why? How did they come to use you? Make sure you're designating that into some sort of spreadsheet or document whatever. Like you got to write that stuff right. down and jot down what they, the date was. How long have you had this internet lead? How much time and energy did you have to put into, you know, the different places you were getting your business? What, what's turning fast? Cause you know what, if you know what turns fast and you need something, like if you're getting low on transactions, go back and look at what's the quick turners. Is it an open house? I mean, like whatever it yeah. is, you'll know. I have one more quick story. Oh God. Yes. Tell me. So one of my, in my first year, I had a girl that called phone duty and she was my age or younger and she wanted to buy her first place. And we found like a $120,000 townhome that she bought. Okay. So a few years later, she told me that she needed to sell it, but she didn't need to buy because she was just moving in with her fiance who had a house. So I'm like, no problem. So I sold her townhome. Then she calls me like two years ago. So six years later. And she says, um, hey, okay, so we're selling his house because we need something bigger, da da da. So I'm like, okay, well, tell me about what you're looking for. And she's like, okay, well, I hope this doesn't hurt your feelings, no. but we're not going to use you to be our buyer's agent because my husband's friend is a realtor. Okay. But you're my realtor. So I told him, <laughs> so I told him, we will use my realtor to sell the house okay. and your realtor to buy the okay. house. And I thought that was kind of cool. I mean, yeah, like at least she didn't dump you completely. <laughs> yeah. And so I sold their house and then they bought. So that's fine. It was kind of funny. But I, I thought it was interesting. I've had the same thing. Actually, now that you say that, I've had the same thing happen. I've had someone personally in my sphere who she had two friends that were realtors and she let one of us do the listing and one do the purchase. I mean, yeah, that's funny. You know, it's fair, I guess. I, but mm-hmm. I've also had people who did that and then said, I wish I would have just used you on both. Uh, same. I mean, you same. know, what are you going to do? Yeah. Yeah, that's so funny. All right. This toast comes to us from Missy Horst. She is with Colwell Banker. And I don't have the location, I don't think. Um, we'll oh. have to check her out. Oh, 601. She's Mississippi. Oh, right. Right. Okay. Love it. Yeah. So glad I knew that area code. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. Missy says, I'd like to toast to my broker, Linda Graham, and our office manager, Valerie Cranser. 
They have been at the office every day during this crisis, taking our phone calls, answering our text messages, making copies, scanning documents, and helping us take care of our business. Linda has given us links to continuing education, all the governor's updates and mandates. She's encouraged all of us to reach out to our database and check on people, write notes. She is paying all the postage and tons of suggestions on how to stay busy and productive in our business. This is what you're going to love. She has also encouraged all of us to listen to the podcast again. I'm on my third <gasps> listen. Oh my gosh. I know. That's so, so crazy. In addition to all of this, Linda has been researching all of the financial programs available to help realtors during this crisis. They've kept us up to date on everything. She and Valerie have done everything they can so we don't feel so isolated from each other or from our business. Aww. Oh my gosh, it says Linda Graham and Valerie Crancer. We couldn't do our business without them. Let's send them something. Is that not amazing? I don't know what we're going to send them, but we got to do something. Okay, well, That's so I've, sweet. It's so, so sweet. I know. That's a good toast. That was a good toast. So cheers to them. They're awesome. Yes. Cheers to y'all. Oh, How cool is that? So amazing. Teamwork. Teamwork. So, so good. Okay, that's it. All right. See you later. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Hustle Humbly podcast. Let us know who we should toast to for the next episode. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Hustle Humbly Podcast. If you have an episode, topic, or question, please email us at hustlehumblypodcast at gmail.com. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. See you next week. Bye. This is the good life.